This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Raise Your Game. Now, the end of the year is the time that many employees are dread. It's because it's the time they have to face that dreaded event, the performance appraisal. Surprisingly, it's not just those who are being appraised who approach it with trepidation. The ones doing the appraising also often feel anxiety at having to tell the subordinate the truth about their, for their performance in the past year. Why, you may ask, why do performance appraisals have such a poor connotation with employees? Instead of being the cause of anxiety, can it be a session? where both the appraiser and appraisee emerge feeling positive and refreshed, ready to join forces and line together to meet the year ahead? Can they be equipped with the tools to face the performance appraisal with equanimity? Oh, that word again. Now, Human Equation founder Sheila Singham believes so. As usual, she's here um, on the last Monday of the month on Racy Games Tools for Transformation Series. And this week, we're going to talk about how to turn the performance appraisal into a productive and motivating event. Most apt timing here. So do you agree that employees should be subject to performance appraisals? Well, I do. Mm. Although the word itself, performance appraisal, such a serious word, appraising, I'm watching, I'm scrutinizing <laughs> performance. So, you know, that that's what we do sometimes, you know, make things so formal that they scare people. I do think, you know, performance needs to be evaluated. Maybe evaluated is a better word. Mm. Um and because then otherwise, how do you know whether people have fulfilled their goals for development or the company's goals? And again, you know, we use these words, KPI, it's become so rigid. Mm. You know, it's become so... Cold. Um, cold, mm. yes. Cold. So when things become very cold and you kind of remove the human factor from it, um, that... People become very sort of detached from it in a way. So yes, people should be evaluated. The performance should be evaluated. Otherwise, how do you tell the ones who really worked hard, gave mm. their all, took ownership, contributed hugely to, to know, the corporate um, goals and performance and sift them out from mm. the others? It's like sifting the wheat from the chaff, mm. you know? So we do need to have them. Yeah. All right. Now, do you, in many cases, uh, is the only time of the year when employees' performance is evaluated. Now, do you agree with this? I think you should do more than just till the mm, end of the year. Most definitely. Yeah. We we spoke about this last month when we talked about meaningful conversations, right? And we said that this should be a continuous process. I mean, you should be engaging with your employees at every turn, every opportunity. You should be looking monthly at some sort of engagement. You should be doing quarterly reviews, you know, evaluations. Um, not to like just make them feel scared that they're not really meeting the goals or they're, they're matching up to their KPIs. But more to um, evaluate and ask them what you could do as a manager, as a leader to enable them to... Uh, perform better, mm. to develop. What do they need to develop so that they can do their job better? And um, wh what do you need, what sort of encouragement do you need to give them? What sort of leeway do you need to give them? Are they having any personal problems that are intruding upon their work performance? And can you help there, for example? Maybe, you know, send them for counselling or some sort of coaching process. There's so many things you find out about people when you just spend 10, 15 minutes talking to them. Right. And it was, we were talking last month. Like, it could be daily, it could be weekly, right? Yeah. And then so long, and it's no surprise that I, I, I don't talk to you the whole year and suddenly we're having this conversation at the end of the year. 
Absolutely. I just did a training program with a, with a group of people, senior managers, and I said to them, do you have these quarterly chats with your people or even monthly chats? And they looked at me, uh, me blankly. Mm. So how often do you chat with your people? Well, we're very caught up with operations and work and meeting the KPIs, you know, mm. we don't have time to do this. I said, how can you not have time to do this? If you have time to have a schedule of maintenance for machines, right. you have time to do all your financial you know, results uh, every month and all that, you need to make time because you're not just managing performance, you're managing people. Mm. People come with hearts and people come with feelings. People come with spirits that need to be nurtured and cared for. People spend so much of time at the office in a single day. Sometimes we spend more time in the office than we do at home. Mm. So shouldn't the people in the office, the ones above you who are who are looking out for you, who, who, who are there to see whether you perform, should they also not be there to see whether you are well? Mm. You know, So these conversations need to be had. And so if you have the conversations throughout the year like every quarter or so then the performance appraisal just means uh, that the review at the end of the year just sort of begins to becomes a sort of just a roundup session taking off from those conversations you had during the year now is it possible for the performance appraisal process to be objective that's a tough one mm-hmm. Frida yeah because um, there are some people who are capable of being very objective. I personally uh, would actually use um, a technique that I call the um, perceptual positions to step outside of my shoes and be able to look at that person from maybe another person's perspective. So it is possible, but it needs the will of the appraiser to be able to do that. You really need to put aside any negative personal feelings and you also need to not look at the person um through the eyes of their perfor- I mean through their yeah. the the lens of their performance in the past month or two where they might have not been so great. You need to sort of have an average you average out their performance and look at it right from the beginning. Mm. And sometimes if you feel that you've got too much of a history with this person you're appraising, then maybe what you need to do is to um, get someone else in who might be objective to actually sit in or give some feedback. So what should be the ultimate purpose of the performance appraisal? Well, certainly it's not about nitpicking about what he did wrong, which is where many people go, or just to check whether he met the KPIs. It should be more than that. Mm. You should really take the time. No, I've had bosses who come to me in the morning and say, um, okay, they gave me the form that I'm supposed to fill in and said, in the mo- I'll let you know when your appraisal is in 10 o'clock in the morning. Can I see you this mm. evening at 4 o'clock? And I'm like, what? I haven't had time to be prepared. Mm. Now, so a performance appraisal is actually to let the employee know where she is doing, right. he or she is doing well and where the opportunities are for development. Mm. And it should be communicated in a very positive, encouraging right. way. And it's also to provide an opportunity for the employees to ask what they need for. Mm. Maybe they need more flexible hours. Um, maybe they need more training. They need more guidance and certain tasks and so on. Yeah, I always wonder why can't a performance appraisal be three things you did well, uh, three things we need to meet this year, and three things uh, you know we, we to improve on. I think that's a fantastic formula. Right. <laughs> Just then, that's, that's it. Okay, so this is this is the three things that I've done well, um, and the three things I need to improve on. Okay, because I've got to meet these three objectives. That's right. 
That's right. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, it should be an opportunity to strengthen the relationship mm. between the manager and the employee and the subordinate. Mm. You know, so that you need to emerge from that that performance appraiser as the as the appraiser, you need to emerge feeling good that you've encouraged someone, you brought the best out of them, you've got them to agree that okay, these are the areas that you need to improve on and then to congratulate them on what they've done right, you know, and done well. And on the part of the appraisee, they've got to emerge feeling really good and connected with the boss. My boss really cares for me and really um, maybe um, this year I'm not going to get what I thought I wanted to get, but next year if I follow this and he, with his guidance and mentoring, I should hmm. be able to get it, right? Yeah. And you know, often the employee is assessed purely on the key performance indicators that uh, your KPIs. Uh, now, should this be the only criteria of assessment? No. <laughs> Do you want me to say more? <laughs> of course... That's one thing that, you know, is standard. Like right. everyone yeah. says, key performance indicators. I wish we could find another word for yeah. it. Maybe a w- nicer word like deliverables, maybe, you know. Mm. Uh, but I think people should be evaluated for other things as well. Right. In terms of like um, their communication, their inclusiveness, the attitude. And then some. sometimes people have said to me, but how do you measure attitude? Attitude always translates into behavior. Mm. Behavior can be measured because it can be seen, right? Mm. So if, if someone is claims to be a great communicator, how are you communicating? Mm. Uh, are, you, are you the type of person who has a wonderful tonality and your physiology is great and people come out, emerge from an encounter with you uh, feeling really you know, good about themselves or positive about that engagement that, that transpired? Or do people always walk away from you, you know, ranting and raving and steaming and with angry faces and very upset and demoralized? So mm. that's the behavior mm. we, 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 we look at. So you, even if it's um, attitude that you want to measure, you need to sort of translate into behaviour. Right? Well. Mm-hmm. right. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singer from uh, uh, Human Equation. This is our Tools for Transformation series. We're going to continue our conversation after this. Race again, BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Mishmash, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game. It's our Tools for Transformation series uh, with Human Equation founder Sheila Singham. It is the last Monday of the month. We're talking about using the performance appraisal for development. So earlier on, uh, before we left off, we're talking about whether attitude should be assessed. But what about employees' potential as well? I think that is very important because sometimes someone might have the potential to do greater things, but they don't know how to tap into it or unleash it. Mm. Or they can't see it. uh, They can't see Mm. it. Very often people have limiting beliefs and Mm. they don't see it. But you can see it. You know, you can see maybe in terms of how they relate to other people, how they're men- mentoring and empowering other people. Maybe they would be good as a supervisor or a manager to to build teams, you mm. know. So what you need to do is to actually have that conversation and tell them, look, I see this is the potential that you have. Mm. And if you would like me to assist you in, you know, tapping into it or unleashing it, um, here, let's look at a right. path that we can... Can go on. Right. And this potential sometimes may not be directly related to jobs. I'll be talking to somebody and, you know, maybe producing and say, but I realize you write really well. Yeah. You know, and then maybe that sort of triggers them, eh? You know, I never look at it. And maybe not directly connected to work, but who knows, right? With that deeper conversation, Mm. you find that there is something within the organization that that could be a roadmap for their career. 
You see, Frida, you can't just compartmentalize people's lives. That's work. Yeah. This is life and all that. I was just talking to some people the other day in a, in a training program and I said, you really know, I was teaching about problem solving and decision making, critical thinking skills. And I said, everyone thinks that's very left brain activity. But actually, problem solving and all that, it also involves your right brain. Mm. And how do you train your right brain? By doing right brain activities, artistic endeavors and that sort of thing. So I, I mean, personally, from my own experience, I found that when I started doing coloring, coloring, drawing, you know, sketching and, and, and all those arty things, my problem solving skills increased. Mm. It's about, you know, your right brain is you know, becoming stronger and then the connectivity between both brains. So you have these left brain tools for, you know, doing things, solving the problem, the formula. Then you've got the right brain way of looking at it from a bigger picture so that you see all the pieces and parts that, you know, go together. So you cannot just say that life your personal life doesn't impact work right. or work doesn't impact your personal life. Things go wrong at work, you bring it home, right? Mm. So why not things in your personal life? And if you're happy at home, you become a happy employee as well, provided the, the work environment is conducive to, to keeping you, mm. you know, satisfied and contented. How can an employee prepare uh, himself or herself for the performance and appraisal? With fear and trepidation. <laughs> this is so interesting because it's only before the appraisal at the end of the year they say, oh, okay, yeah, please go and fill in this form and write down uh, all your, um, you know, responsibilities undertook, all the extra projects and all, and then you wreck your brain because you can't remember, right? You may have done something January, February that was amazing, but you can't quite remember what it was. So I always advise employees, uh, and this is for everybody really, right at the beginning of the year. Start writing down the things you've done. The things you've done, okay. Of course, if you're do just doing your job, then there's nothing to be you know so proud of. Like that's what you're supposed mm. to do. But if you've done extra things, if let's say you've contributed to saving costs, or even contributed to improving the process, or you've been been involved, you're you're not in the branding department, but you've been involved in a branding exercise and contributed or focus groups and things like that. Those are the things that you need to write down. Hmm. Okay, you need to write. You need to write down your achievements, and 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 sort of do it on a regular basis, so that at the end of the year, you've you've got this all collected and you've noted it all down. And when you go in, you can sometimes bosses forget as well. Right. So this is for bosses as well. You need to start recording whatever your employees are doing. That's extraordinary, hmm. right? So record what you have done. Hmm. Okay. And the most important job responsibilities, um, how much of time you spend to that uh, on them, and also all those extraordinary things that you've you've contributed. What were your areas of excellence? Okay, and then of course, if you've got testimonials from clients or like a CEO or other people, those should be considered as well. Mm. And then you should also sit down and write down what are your opportunities. For growth and development, where do you want to see yourself grow? Where do a little SWOT analysis on yourself and see where are your strengths, and then tell your boss, "This is what I can leverage on. I can do more of this. What are my weaknesses? Can you come and help me? Send me for training, coach me, mentor me, and so on, and professionally also for professional growth. And then also you need to say to the boss, if you think uh, you fit in somewhere else in the organization, or you should be given a bigger role." 
to fit in more and contribute more to the organization, then you should talk about it. Mm. Very often, employees just focus on the KPS, what I'm supposed to do, the deliverables. They hardly ever talk about where they can contribute mm. to the organization mm. in a bigger way. Right. It might not be even in your department. It might be in an, another department where once you've completed your task, you see that you, know, you have a, a desire yeah. to go and do that and participate in that. Mm. Maybe um, maybe you, you want to participate in some employee engagement exercise, okay, but you're in finance, okay? And there's some, somehow people never just ask these finance people their ideas on what do you think right. about we should do for employee engagement. You know? right. So I think we should start including people from all the different departments mm-hmm. in the ideas that we want to um, try out in the organization in terms of the culture or even in terms of a new process right. that you want to implement. You know, one of, one of the things when you said the weakness, I, I, don't, I don't like that word, right? Yeah. I would rather use areas for growth. Sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's just just the way well, I want yeah. to reframe things, you it, know. It's, you're very right. No, but even the word SWOT la areas for growth, so that instead of a SWOT analysis it becomes yeah. a Scott analysis or something. <laughs> growth, Scott, right? Yeah, I mean, but here, yeah, that's what. And I, I, one of the things I guess, like even with 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 BFM, right? Apart from presenting, um, you know, we always have our events, and I get to moderate, right? So it's not you what I initially joined the organization for. A couple of years ago, during our fifth anniversary, we had a race to top with people. Could you know run up to the top of the Intermount Hotel, and I took on that project because I like this kind of thing, right? And I know it's short term, so it's not part of the job scope. No, but there was an opportunity for that, and now of course we've got a, a TV show going on with with Astro as well, um, and past experience it has has helped, you know. Um, but yeah, they, I get to try other things, which wasn't in the original uh, performance. JD. Of, yeah, yeah, JD for for for, for even plans for twenty eighteen, but. Mm. You know, what do you do then? You just find opportunities. But I did mention I would love to do something a bit more visual, and this came about. You know, so sometimes uh, if you have organizations like that, and you get employees to do things that are not part of their job, it actually makes the job more exciting, more exciting, more fun. Right? Um, so okay, so that's the employee. What then should the manager or supervisor prepare for the meeting when they're going to appraise the subordinate? First of all, they need to prepare the employee the, that they're going to mm-hmm. appraise. You got to give this guy some time to come up with his put his thoughts together and what his areas of excellence are and you know what he did special and how he can contribute more and that sort of thing. All right, not just give a form with like uh, ten points and then circle, you know, rate yourself kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then also you need to tell the employee that this review is also important to you not just for them, for their bonus, because that's how people think about it now. And then get them to do that self-assessment. Now, Mm. on your part, you really need to prepare. You can't just take a form and go in there and say, okay, uh, I rated you this. Now, what have you rated yourself? Let's compare. And then we kind of like average it out. Do you have any other comments? And that's it. You really need to take the time to review the employee's job description, the performance standards that have been previously discussed. So if last year they fulfilled certain roles, have they exceeded? Like say, if you're doing sales. So last year you reached this target and then we set a new target. Have you reached it? What what can you do next year, do you think? you know? And then to review documentation from the performance period. For example, customer com- commands, coaching notes, which would presume that you have been coaching them, mm. you know, right? At any time you had that meeting. And then look at what the employee's strengths are. 
the areas of excellence and discuss this and tell them, you know, we continue in this vein, this is where you could go and the opportunities for development and so on. Mm. And then also evaluate the performance based very objectively and reali- assign realistic ratings. Mm. You know, sometimes you feel, yeah, Christian la, this person, he, he's not that motivated, he's not that smart, you know, but I'll give him a high rating anyway so that he can get a good bonus because he needs it. And, and in, in terms of integrity, I think that's wrong. I think you're actually going against your own values by doing that. Be objective. If a person hasn't performed, a person hasn't performed. But then give them that conversation where I'm going to give you an opportunity to improve by helping you and assisting you mm. in any way. Not an ultimatum like this. So next year, if you do this, 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 then I can give you more points for this and then you can get a better bonus. I mean, that, that doesn't cut it, lah. No? All right. Now, should the appraiser also seek feedback on the appraisee uh, from other people? It all depends. Yeah. The 360. 360s, there are mixed opinions on that. Mm. 360s can actually sometimes be used by an employee to sabotage a nasty boss. But then if a nasty boss is asking for a 360, then he deserves it. Like, you know, whatever information that, you know, whatever feedback he gets. So a 360, in a way, sometimes it can be very subjective. Huh? Mm. Sometimes you can just write wonderful, glowing things about the person um, just to get something, you know, friendship or any other sort of currency, as, as I speak. So um, I feel that um, in this instance... Uh, you could seek feedback from other people if you find that there have been a lot of issues with performance. Especially if that person is working across um, departments, is working with other departments and, you know, that person's maybe inefficiency has impacted uh, the work of the other departments or the impression you have in front of clients or the, the brand in any way. So, yes, you could. But it could work both ways as well. Mm. If the employee is excellent, to get the feedback from other people that mm. supports that so that you have a stronger endorsement for moving the right. employee upwards. Uh, and, yeah. and I think also with uh, 360 feedback, it's easy to call my friend. Yeah. Uh, but if you call someone that you have to work with, um, then that might make it more objective. I think in order to have a 360, you've got to have a very transparent culture mm. where people need to be able to take it. I had a friend call me and tell me that she had a horrifying experience because um, everyone was asked to do a 360 about everyone else in their department by the person who was doing this sort of um, mm. getaway session for them. And then she said it was just... A lot of very say the good things about that person and say the bad things about that person and rate them on that bad things. And then when they went for the getaway, everyone was told to stand up and say good things about this person and say bad things about this person. And I thought that was horrifying. What kind of feedback is that? Oh my goodness. Feedback should always be given directly and in private to right, a person. Right. You know what I mean? Uh. I, I, seriously. Or, or praise only in public. Yes, mm. yes. So what should an employee do if the feedback is given is in, in an unpleasant manner, as in this case? This is the sad thing. Huh? 
every time I do training or coaching or talking to people and say, well, why don't you tell your boss that that sort of behavior is just unbecoming or not tolerable? Right. I'm scared. Scared of what? Scared I'll be penalized. How? How can you be penalized? You can't be thrown out of a job mm-hmm. unless there's just cause and the due process has been gone through. What are you scared of? Scared of what? That they're going to sideline you, that they won't give you the choice jobs and all that. Sometimes the price we pay for speaking up might not be so pleasant. So you've got to ask yourself, do you fear fear more or do you fear compromising on your values more? I mean, there's some. it's easy for some people to say. I suppose people could say to me, like, but you're employed you know, you are mm. on your own. So I'm employed by someone else and it can get really unpleasant. But you need to take that stand and give people feedback in a very elegant way. Mm. And you could tell the person, well, thank you for this appraisal and all the feedback that you've given me. I just wish, though, that it was had not been necessary for you to use harsh words mm. or any four-letter words or, you know, shout at me by, by giving this performance appraisal to me in that manner. I was looking forward to this, to listening what you actually had to say and to discussing with you my opportunities for growth and so on. But, you know, it was very hard now that mm. you've given me the feedback that way and you've just sort of, we've missed an, we've missed an opportunity. Always use a we and I word, not you did this and you mm-hmm. did that, you know, because that becomes very accusatory. Mm. So if someone has given you a feedback in an unpleasant way, I think you have every right to go and to tell them that you know that they should have they could have given it to you in a more pleasant way but um so this is no when you said that, I was just thinking of my conversation with my son mm. I said I feel like a failure to my I said I feel like I'm I'm not I've not been a good mother mm. so I don't <laughs> so I never blame him But I thought it was I feel like I've been a bad mother <laughs> So a bit of guilting him out lah. Did he feel guilted out? <laughs> no Never works with family Yeah, never works with family <laughs> You're right <laughs> Now um, So what should an employee do If he or she feels The supervisor is biased Or unfair in the appraisal? Mm-hmm. As I said earlier First thing that I feel Is that they should Speak to the supervisor mm and challenge the appraisal if they feel that they're right. But again, you need to have your evidence before you. You can't claim to have done this and you can't claim to have done that without evidence. Because some employers just, I mean, some bosses just forget. As I said, they just focus on the past um, three months or four months. Because they can't remember Uh, that. Can't remember beyond that, all the wonderful, marvellous things you might have done, but just that bit of a screw-up you did in that last quarter, Mm. which cost a bit of money, you know, so they focus on that. So I think you need to talk to them and challenge them. But if you've been in the same department for like a few years and you've still been getting unfair appraisals and uh, you've been doing the work, exceeding your the expectations and so on, then there could just be some personal thing involved. Mm. Challenge them and, you know, if they, they don't admit it, then you might have to take it higher. Mm. All right. Mm. So, yes, it is appraisal time. All the best uh, with everyone doing their appraisals. I've been speaking to Sheila Singer from Human Equation in our Tools for Transformation series on uh, using the performance appraisal for developments. This is Raising Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.